Okay, my degenerate friends, let's talk about the wonderful dark art of gambling. Yes, dancing with the point spread. Going two fists in all the way up to your elbows, wearing farm animal gloves. All right, that was weird. My point is, every game you watch is a little bit more spicy with something on it, you know? That's why you should get dialed in today at mybookie.ag. I've got an account, and you know what? I throw 10, 15, 20 bucks on stuff all the time. That's it. You can even bet less. MyBookie.ag is perfectly legal, and having worked with them for over two years, they are a rare exception of credibility in a sea of fly-by-nighters. And the handful of times anybody has had a problem, they take care of it right away. Why? Because I send one email, and they go, oh, we, we don't want to get this. We'll take care of this. Relax, everybody. You got me backing you up. NFL, college football, NBA, college hoops, PGA Tour, NHL, Premier League, everything but Bushkazi from Afghanistan, you can bet on it. Right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand additional dollars to put in play. Terms and restrictions do apply to bonus dollar matches. Read the website for details. Promo code is ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to get that additional matching money. Get some sweet action in 2020. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the Zabecast, does anybody read blogs anymore? And if not, why? Am I beating a dead horse on replay? Some say, oh, you betcha. Ron Thomas joins me for what will no doubt be a wide-ranging, honest discussion of life, sports, cheating, basketball, and more. All that plus sorry. Megan Harry, no room for you in Canada. Your bonus, 30 minutes of me, is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Thursday, January 16th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. Does anybody read blogs anymore? No, you idiot. 2010 called. They want their podcast back. Of course, in 2010, the number of podcasts were probably very small. Will podcasts go the way of blogs? I ask this because I happen to go back and visit a blog that I used to read on a daily basis and enjoy quite a bit. A little blog called, What Would Tyler Durden Do? WWTDD.com. It was a celebrity-based blog that was ruthless in its writing. Ruthless and savage in its takedowns of celebrities and current events that involve pop culture and everything in between. Along with paparazzi photo of hot women in bikinis. You know, Lindsay Lohan on the beach. It, I loved it. It it was a great site to go to to just knock out 10, 15 minutes, give it a quick read. Well, I happened to go back to it and I had looked at, I was looking at the posts and one of the posts from this year um, said something about, I'm back. It's been a year, but I'm back. Let's do this thing. And uh, the, the post kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, blogs are not hot anymore. Now, maybe there was just not enough revenue to be had from the ads on the blog itself. 
the eyeballs that it was generating, the traffic, I'm sure, at some point declined to a certain degree. But I was like, okay, good. What would Tyler Durden do as backup and running? I'm going to try to support it by going there and, and reading their stuff and giving them the click, 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 click. But I got to thinking, well, my own blog, Zabe.com, I, I don't write for it anymore. I haven't written for it since I started the podcast. I have a desire to write for it. I have intentions to write for it. I don't currently have the time to write for it. Or better yet, I don't have the energy to write for it. I have the intention and I have the desire. I don't have the energy. I do actually have the time. I could knock out an hour. I, I could find an hour to do it, believe it or not, with all the other stuff that I do. It's just the oomph, the energy of it. I'm like, hmm. I also wonder if I would see an uptick in the readership. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming social media and apps have killed the blog as we once knew it. Not that blogs are totally dead, but is our attention span shorter? Is it that, well, I don't want to read a whole 500-word article on something because there's something else that I could click on. There's an endless scrolling stream. That's part of the problem. My attention span. I've noticed my attention span as an adult-ass 52-year-old male. Not even a 16-year-old teenage girl, which is what they're targeting. My attention span has been severely limited. I have to force myself to stop and click and read an article. And that sucks because that makes you dumber. Quick, click, scan, move on. Quick, click, scan, move on. Quick, click, scan, move on. Bookmark to read later. Bookmark to read later. Never go back and read any of that shit. Bookmark to watch this piece later. Don't have time. Book The stack of things I keep saying, oh, I'm going to go and read that. It just, I never get to it. Nobody does. How can you? I'm afraid all this is intentional. This is the way that the uh, big social media companies and uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they, they want to get us in this spot where we're just we're like junkies. Just give us the next hit of 280 characters. But to read a good longer form piece that digs deeper into the who, what, where, why, and how of important stories of the day is how you learn things. It's how you gain perspective. It increases and broadens your intelligence level. There is a wonderful piece by Tom Verducci writing for SI.com, and I'm glad they still pay Verducci and he still produces content for him because Sports Illustrated pretty much collapsing into what is now a bad version of Bleacher Report is one of the great sports media tragedies of my time. Sports Illustrated was on the highest of pedestals when I was coming of age and falling in love with sports to read the great writers and to eagerly anticipate that week's issue being in the mailbox. Every Thursday, you're like, here it is. Who's on the cover? Ooh, look at this photograph. And then you read the great writers of the day. Curry Kirkpatrick and uh, Bill Knack. And to a lesser extent, yes, Rick Riley at times. But still, that's all been lost. So I'm glad Verducci still writes for SI. Verducci wrote, this incredible piece, I did retweet it. I know I'm going back to the social media. That's how you find it. Twitter is my microblog of sorts. Maybe that's what – Twitter is was once described as a microblog, and I, I then said, oh, I get it. Yeah, it is a microblog. 
it's a 280 characters of text, a photo, a video, a poll, tiny, tiny blog. Anyway, Verducci's piece chronicles Hinch and Cora and the fact they have been now exiled from baseball at the ages of 44 and 45 years old, the sport where they were just nine days ago amongst the most respected and successful in their craft. I mean, they had the world in the sport they love, managing the World Series champion Astros and the World Series champion Red Sox. And now they're out of the game. Hinch has been barred from any involvement in baseball. Can't do anything. Can't even scout minor leagues. Can't even scout amateur games. And Cora's going to get the same thing, maybe longer than a year. And Verducci writes about how did they come to this? How did they fall to the temptation of cheating in a way like that they had to know in the back of their minds, not only is this wrong, but this is going to come out. I won't get away with this. This can't stay buried forever. Too many people know. And in Cora's case, Verducci talked about how it was Cora as a bench coach who wanted to help probably the struggling Carlos Beltran, a respected veteran who was slumping in early 2017, hitting somewhere in the 230s. And he thought, what can I do to help? Ooh, maybe I'll use the replay room to steal some signs. Hell, if I was at second base, I'd steal signs for him. I'd do that for him. That's perfectly legal. That's been part of baseball forever. So what's the difference? If I'm standing at second after a double or if I'm looking at a camera feed that everyone has these. I mean, shoot. I bet everyone else is doing it too. What the hell? I'm going to help my guy. And A.J. Hinch, knowing all this and knowing that, you know, it's a fragile thing, the respect of a locker room. Do I shut it down entirely and say, guys, we're not doing this shit. We're good enough to win on our own. And then watching perhaps Beltran continue to struggle in what was his last year playing and Cora to become disillusioned as the bench coach underneath Hinch and the fragile locker room chemistry to fall apart. I think Hinch was in a tough spot, but he chose poorly because now look, look at what his life and career is. I mean, he's not going to go to jail for anything. He's not charged with a crime. He doesn't have to worry about preparing a legal defense for his freedom. He's rich. He's not going to have to work again the rest of his life, but there's more to life than that. He wants to be respected. He wants to be part of a game that he has devoted his life to and loves. Same thing for Cora. They both ate the poison apple, and now they've been cast out. Can they work their way back in? Many have said, oh, they'll be back. Hell, if A-Rod, if that fucking weasel A-Rod can be back, anyone can come back. It's different, though. With A-Rod, A-Rod's a TV personality. TV is completely amoral. TV does not care how bad. In fact, with TV, Phil Mushnick often writes for the New York Post, bad is good, worse is even better. If you're a bad character, this is why all these bad characters get gigs on TV. They're colorful. Oh, Warren Sapp. Oh, Randy Moss. Remember when he did this? Yeah, let's give him a TV job. They don't care. That's television, though. And that's where A-Rod is. Managing is different. If somebody were to hire A.J. Hinch a year from now, they have to then wade through the mile-long tunnel of Andy Dufresne shit and mud of, so, are you not going to cheat this time? 
How do you feel about it before? And all the extra stuff that doesn't lead to necessarily winning. It'll be an interesting thing. Managers are becoming less and less important, and they're having more and more of their actual autonomy stripped from them in baseball. The analytics nerds are running the show. They're running the show not just on personnel. They're running the show on strategy. The numbers are the ones to be bowed to, and the numbers nerds are the ones with the rifles saying, get on your knees in front of the numbers. Forget this managerial instincts. We're not going to let you just play a gut hunch and let our season go down the tubes. So will Hinch and Cora be back in the bigs? Don't know. The writing by Verducci, though, is sublime. It's on SI.com. I recommend highly that you read it. Do I beat replay into the ground? Good question. Email, you can always email me, zabe at yahoo.com. Longtime listener, first time bitcher. <laughs> That's funny. The next time you decide to go off on eliminating instant replay, please hold it till the end of the show and then let us know that you are about to do so. We can then just turn it off and save us the angst that we don't need. The ranting has become ponderous. And while I thought it was initially a work, it's obvious, let, uh, it's obvious that it is actually more. We both know that it's never going away because the first time a fumble is not called, it'll be back, and the powers that be in the NFL will not let that happen. Your time can then be better spent on topics that you do well, and the interest level can increase. Valid suggestions to improve. No problem. Rants to eliminate. Fuck no. Yep. Premium subscriber, Bob. Thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate the feedback. What's interesting is that this seems to be, he seems to be angrily pro-replay. And my response to him was simply, so are you currently happy with instant replay the way it exists? And I'm awaiting his answer on that. I don't know many people that are currently happy. There is a group of people, and I think Bob is in this group, where they have submitted to the reality of replay. The phrases like, you know it's never going away, seems to be a defeatist thing. And in terms of my rants being ponderous, I don't think I say the same thing every time. I think I think the world of sports, and we're getting new and new angles as to how replay is, in my absolute fervent belief, ruining sports. We're getting new ways in which that's happening. We're finding out, like the whole thing with baseball. Replay was the poison apple that was, you know, so tempting for Alex Cora to bite into. And it's taken down two managers and, and, and two organizations. That, to me, is interesting. Anyway, I will promise nothing, but I will try, if I'm once again talking about replay, to at least bring a new angle to it. Uh, there are plenty of examples of columns. People send me columns all the time. Look at this guy. Look at this pundit. Look at this writer. Look at this guy. Look at this ice coach. He, they're with you, Zabe. They're with you. Your, your, your forces are growing. I don't read most of them. I don't even read them, much less bring them on the air. It's almost like I don't know. Part of me thinks guys like Bob, who are pro-replay or were once pro-replay, are just increasingly mad because I and others are being proven so right 
more and more and more. And with that, Mark, I think that was less than three minutes on replay. Today's episode brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the official online gambling hangout of this, the ZabeCast. More lines on more games than you can imagine, more ways to play, fast payouts, outstanding customer service. MyBookie.ag has an easy interface. You can track your winnings and your bad beats. NFL playoffs are now here. Time to crush it. College hoops, now more upset heavy than ever. So let's clean up on some shockers in the winter. NBA looks like Lakers bucks in June, but hey, we can still make money on any given Tuesday throwing some heat at Grizzlies and Pelicans. <laughs> Sweet action. Promo code right now for 2020 is ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Get half your deposit matched up to $1,000. Terms and restrictions apply and bonus money. See website for details. You don't have to be some whale like Mr. X and throw around $1,000 a night. You can be a little dink and dunker like me and nobody's gonna know. Or laugh at you. MyBookie.ag. You play. You win. You get paid. All right, time to call the Hoosier hot shot, Ronnie Thomas. It's a cold call. He said about nine-ish. It's nine oh four. Who knows what he's doing right now? Hopefully, he picks Hello. up. Hello, Ronnie. Oh my! I forgot we were going on. <laughs> hey, man. I don't, I don't have time to work with your schedule. You're talking to me for 10 minutes right now. <laughs> no, I got you. No matter I'm what watching, you're doing. What are you doing I've right got, now? I'm watching Georgetown try and close out Creighton. I'm watching Indiana shit the bed again against Rutgers, <laughs> uh, which they are good at doing, and Archie Miller is officially on the hot seat. And then I watched uh, Butler get beat by the best team in the country that's ranked 18th, and that would be Seton Hall. Uh, who's really good. Seton Hall's really good. Miles Powell can score. I'm, I've got two dogs laying on me and a blanket on me, and I'm getting up. Life is good. Don't get up. Just stay right, right where you are. You don't need to get All up. Right, I will stay here. <clears throat> then. Who, who are, okay. I, I, I pet every dog now as a dog owner, and I ask everyone about their dogs as a dog owner because I just am so curious. Your two dogs' names and breeds I've are? Got, I have three dogs. I've got two Basset Hounds, um, General, who's too old to lay on the couch. He's 13. His daughter, Alan, who's a Basset Hound, who's nine. And then we have a pug named Dario, named after the race car driver, Dario Franchitti. I love it. Who is uh, two. And I'm a just, I love dog. I love animals and dogs more than I love people. Well, I think most dog owners love dogs more than people because they're better than people. <laughs> they really are. I just love how much you love Tucker, and because I know a few years ago this, I said we, to you, I, know, I we, didn't we, say we, to you, we, but we, we talked a lot about. I know it, we were yeah. not a dog family. You know, Tucker today did something I'd never seen or heard him do. He started howling like some kind of wolf in the middle of the afternoon, and I'm like, "What?" Like, you know, we've had him for two and a half years, never heard this sound. I thought something was seriously wrong. It's just a new habit he's learned of. He's going to try to howl for food in the mid-afternoon. He thinks he can get me to give it to him. Sure. It's like so funny. I, I I recorded it, showed it to my wife when she got home from work, and she was like, oh, my God, I've never heard him do that before. So the old Steve, saying about you can't teach old dogs new tricks, they learn new tricks. No, well, that and well, they're not learning. It's their it's innate. You yeah, know, they, their so. personalities, their personalities come out just like children. Just like human beings, their personalities evolve. They pick up different things, and 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna Go try ahead. something right now that may or may not work out. I'm gonna try to three way in a special guest on a topic that you will love. All okay. right. Hold All right. on as I try this, okay? Here we go. All right, let's just see how this works. I'm calling my friend Charlie Mannix in Indianapolis because he told me about a special thing he's going to be doing, I believe, tomorrow. Come on, Charlie. Come Hello? on. Charlie! How are you doing, my man? Hold on a second, and I'm going to press merge calls. I think we've got a quorum. Charlie Mannix, say hello to Ron Thomas. A couple of Hoosier boys on the phone. Hello, hey, Char- How are you, Charlie? What's uh, up, brother? Hey, man, I'm sorry I missed you at Thanksgiving, but I, and I don't know if Mark Massa told you this, but I, I had had a physical that day, and my family physician, who I have little use for, <laughs> yeah. uh, insisted that I get a shingles vaccine. Oh boy! And I got one and that morning, and I at, at about five o'clock, I felt I felt like I was getting the flu, right. and it's like I said, yeah. Mark, I, right. got, I gotta go. He, All right, enough of your enough of your shingles update. I want to cut to the chase here, Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> okay. tell tell Ronald what you have on tap for tomorrow. Is it? Oh yeah. Um, so so Ron, I played I played high school basketball. I I was a. I, I was a pretty good player down in Southern Indiana, and um, what school? I, I, a school called Silver Creek, but okay. uh, and you've never heard of it. They won the Class Three championship last year. Okay, but, uh, okay. My, co- my coach is in the uh, uh, Indiana High School Basketball Hall of Fame. He okay. Uh, he coached. He, he left Silver Creek and went to Shelbyville, but we're he's bringing. He and I get together every so often. He's bringing a gentleman by the name of Ray Kraft, and I don't. And Ron, I don't know if you know that name, but he was on the fifty-four mile and yeah, Wonder championship. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I yeah. know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't the one who made the shot. Bobby Plump no, is the one who made the shot. Bobby Plump was the guy. No, I know exactly uh, who he is. So, what are you doing with him? Where are you going to be? We're going to Anderson Country Club. Are you are you here in town right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Not. I will be next week. Next are, week. are you playing golf with him? Uh, tomorrow t- we could have played today. Tomorrow we won't be able. Yeah. So what am that's... I thinking? It's the dead of winter for God's sakes. Yeah. So yeah, you'll yeah. be at you'll be at the country club. You're going to be having lunch with Ray Craft. Yeah, I mean he's just like if you're a high school basketball guy in Indiana, it's like he is royalty. Oh, see, he's a legend. See now, yeah, Ronnie. He played on the '54 team, and he was the IHSAA commissioner for many, many years. Yes, he was. Yes, Ron- he was. Ronnie, so, I have uh, heard of I've heard of Bobby Plump. I have not heard yeah. of Ray Kraft. What did Ray Kraft do on on in that game and with the game? Oh, he, well, well, Steve, none of them did a whole lot except pass the ball, and you know there was no shot clock, obviously, so. I'm not saying they didn't do a whole lot. They had to defend a lot, but it was a team. It was there was it wasn't anything that any one of them did that stood out. It was what, a total team. What effort. was the final score of that stunning oh, upset? It was probably forty-five to forty-three or something. Yeah. So, another, so in other words, score. in other words, very a common score. score in today's Division One. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah funny how that is. <laughs> 
yeah, and no. a little side note about Anderson, Steve Zabin. Um, you, you're going to get bombarded with Indiana stuff. Your listeners are going to be fine. like, enough of this shit. Fuck them. Anderson uh, is a was a very important town in the when it came to construction of car automobiles yes, and different car exactly. parts and different things. Unfortunately, it fell by its wayside, but it has home to the one of the coolest high school gyms in America. What's Maybe that? The second wigwam. coolest. It's called the Wigwam. Wigwam. With the the wigwam. Anderson Indians. Yeah, only <laughs> nine. It held 9,200 and the oh, largest high school that's gym. That's big. In Chrysler. And was the Newcastle was 10,000, but the Wigwam. And there were some games. I went to a, a Newcastle Anderson basketball game back when Delray Brooks, I think his name was, and I have a, Steve I have Alford a, I have, those guys yeah, were playing. I have a it. note. I have a note about Anderson in a second. Charlie, your thoughts on the Wigwam? It's awesome. I've been there. I've never played. I've never played there. I actually played golf with their legendary coach Ron. You'll know this name, Norm Held. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's on that oxygen, but he still smokes about two packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah, why <laughs> stop? But hey, if you made it that long, smoking. why stop? Hey, there's yeah. a lot of smoking going on in Anderson's in, in the state. Do you remember Ray Tolbert? Of course. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, guys yeah, are all right. Over. Now we're deep into the weeds of who are these Indiana rednecks we don't I know, know about. Here's but, the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. He's a black guy who played for Bob Knight. He's definitely not wait, a redneck. Wait a minute. Wait. There's a, you can't be a redneck black guy? Come on now. Uh, no. <laughs> you're like, no, it doesn't exist. You can be country black guy. You can't be a redneck black guy, though. All right. So, Anderson. Here's what I know about Anderson, Indiana. There was once this great documentary called The yes. Thunder Cars of Anderson, exactly. Indiana. And it was the most fucked up, bizarro, awesome, freaky, depressing documentary about low-level weekend racers that would yep. be souping up their cars in their fucking garage and yep. racing for a trophy that was like five feet tall and it was their life obsession. That's yep. Indiana, man. That was <laughs> well, it's not all of Indiana. Come on. I, I live... I live about 30 miles from this course, and uh, I, I love it because it's an old course. It's 120 years old, and it is an old. It, it, it's 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 narrow. Great golf course. It's hard. Yeah, it's old school. Uh, cool. But I drive right by Anderson Country Club, and it, it, or right by Anderson Speedway, and yeah, they run they, they run the stock cars there. Do they still run stuff there? Are there still? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. All right. Good. Oh, yeah, that's the lifeblood. So tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, Charlie, you'll be there uh, with uh, Ray Kraft from the Milan right. High team of 54 that upset. Who do they beat? I think they beat Muncie Central. Uh, is Muncie Central or South Bend? It, 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 was, it, was, one, it, right, it was either a Muncie team or it, it was. I think it was South teams. Bend. I think it was a it South was, Bend Riley or something. And you guys call yourselves Hoosiers. You don't I even know, know who I they know. beat I in the title know. game. Embarrassing. But it was an incredible upset. 700. Uh, a 700 person high school, right? Milan. Oh no, my, my, no, my Milan. Like 250. Yeah, 53 boys in the whole school. Yeah, and they. Yeah, it was very small. And they and they beat a huge school. Yeah, and and, and, and they made the movie. a movie about it. Do you yeah. guys do you guys like the movie or do you look at the movie like ah, it could have been better? <laughs> I love no, everything you about love it. the movie. It's, okay, it's, good. Because sometimes it's actually, it's actually pretty good. Because yeah. when when you when you see these, some of these gems, like some of the gems I played in, like Lytic, and some of yep. these weird towns in Southern yep. Indiana, you're like, wow. Me too. 
Me too. So, I played and, it too. And, 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 and just people, you, you'd, be, you'd be taking the ball out of bounds, and there would be people right on top of you. It, 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 just, it, was, it, it, it was well done. I All mean, right. now, the, yeah, the, cool. the, the, the behind-the-scenes things with Norman Dale and whatever, I, I don't know. I can tell you more after I meet Ray Kraft. Well, collect some <laughs> stories. Collect some stories tomorrow, all right, Charlie? And then we'll loop okay. back in a future podcast and get those from you, all right? No, no problem. I'll be, I'll be happy to. I, I just, it just, it, it, for most people in the country, it, they would never think anything of it. But to, for me, a, a guy that played high school basketball, to, to be able to hang out with someone like that was, oh, it was a huge. deal for me. Oh, oh. it's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's, it's Savor. good stuff. You know, Zabe, you know who Charlie reminds me of? Shirey. He sounds like Charlie. Okay, here's the thing about Charlie. Charlie's been <laughs> Charlie has been coming out to Vegas every spring now for five years, right? Charlie? Uh, five or six years, yeah. Uh, Charlie yeah. also went with us to Scotland two years ago. Okay. I am urging Charlie to come join us in Pinehurst. I know you've missed Pinehurst. I hope, Ron, this year works out that you're there. It's my yep. desperate goal to get you two together because Charlie came late to golf in life but loves it beyond all reason. I mean, he's fanatic, and you guys would. Good. I am. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good, so are you, good for are you. Coming, are you coming to Las Vegas this year? Who, me? Yeah. No, I, I'm sober. I've got seven years sobriety. I'm, I stay out of Las Vegas. Are you oh, Are you okay. coming to Pinehurst, Ron? Yeah, I'm coming to Pinehurst. It's well, that, you know what? It, I, look, if, it's, if Steve doesn't put it on Memorial Day weekend like it's he not. did last year, it's, yeah, not, it's the week, it's not, it's the week it's, before, right? It's the week before. It's in the cradle between Mother's Day weekend and Memorial Day weekend. So no excuses, yeah, all right? The and, only reason I, I've missed it the last two years is because of, obviously, the exactly, race. Exactly. You go to Indiana for the race. You go to the Indy 500. It's, uh, it's Pine Needles and Mid Pines. It does not get any better than those two, and it's a great group of guys. Charlie, I'll oh. see you there this spring. And, uh, Ron, I'm going to hang up on Charlie, and you and I will continue. Okay. All right, Charlie. Bye, Charlie. See you, bud. Good talking. All right. There you go. Nice chatting, brother. There you go. Uh, Let me tell you, Charlie's the best. And you know how I met Charlie? Oh. He listens to the show. He listened to the show from back in the day. And you're you're very popular back in Indiana. I don't know if you realize that because you were on there. True. And uh, and people, people in Indiana, myself included, we get sports. Sports, I know. it's you know the amateur sports capital of the world is one of our many titles, but sports is life in Indiana. Here's the story and about Indiana. You get it. This is this is Indy. All right. So, Fox Sports Radio, and it was tough to clear affiliates in the morning on Fox Sports Radio. Morning radio is very coveted for most stations. They want to run local shows because that's how you make money. And we had to compete with ESPN Radio, which obviously had a big footprint in the industry, but we had some good markets. Indianapolis carried my show on Fox Sports Radio in the early 2010s, and it was a good station, and we had a great following. We got great numbers. Me and Scott and Sally got great numbers for the station. It ends up that they change their affiliation, like their ownership group said, well, we can't carry you anymore because we're not a clear channel owned station. So we got bumped off of Indy. Despite all the success in the world, all the following, it really disillusioned me on the whole network morning radio game because no matter how well I was doing, no matter how good a show I had, it's like you couldn't win. 
shit yep. beyond your control was subverting you at every turn. So uh, I'm glad that I got those people in Indiana. But one year, Charlie just reached out to me and said, hey, you know what? If you need somebody to play golf in Vegas, I go out there quite a bit. I'd love to come play with you guys. I had no idea who he was, what his deal was, if he was a good golfer. Yeah. But the great thing about golf, Ron, it's a life that binds people together. It's a common language. And I knew yes, it, it can't – I knew that, you know, Charlie couldn't be a bad guy. And he, he's beyond not a bad guy. He's a great guy. You'll meet him in, in the spring. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, can, we, can we please talk about the Astros, or have you done yes. talking about it? No, I want your take. I, I, I want your I, take. I, wanna, I, I just want to say a couple of things. I listened to your show this afternoon as we record this tonight, and your show, uh, local show, was so good tonight, Dave. It was spot on. It was it was so good. You talked about those articles from Vertucci. Is that his name, I, Vertucci? I just, and, by the way, I just prefaced that before calling you on the podcast, and so you can pick uh, it up where I left off. Well, I said I was marveling at what must Hinch and Cora feel like knowing that they have cast themselves out of the magic kingdom of the most charmed life possible, involved in a sport at the highest level with the most money you could imagine because they couldn't resist the urge to cheat. I thought to myself, that must be a particular hell, a mental hell and anguish that is hard to grasp. Keep, keep going. I, I'm telling you, I want to listen. I want the people to hear what you <laughs> talked about on your show today. I basically, I, basically, I, basically I basically went through that and I said emphatically, I'm not asking for crocodile tears. These men will live with their bad decisions, but I marvel at how they couldn't draw that line. They were sucked into it by the temptation okay. of oh, I'm sure everyone else is doing it, or we're sneaky. We're not going to get caught. And there have been larger think pieces written about how, look at this is society now. We've lost our moral compass in every regard. The rich and powerful in Hollywood are bribing colleges to get Hmm. their dipwad, underachieving, overprivileged kids into universities that aren't worth what they cost to begin with. Right. And numerous other examples of how the, the, the moral compass it's gone, it's lost, it's broken. And well, Steve, and what I will say to that, I wrote a couple notes down today is because I know we knew we were going to talk about this, but you know what? Sure. It is. The moral compass is broken, but you know, this is just another glaring revelation at just how flawed human beings are right it is a flawed flawed species right and the fact that the purest of games you can be so consumed with a game that is giving you so much with fans that adore you night in night out that come to see you wear your jerseys ask for your autograph come to batting practice just to watch you and hopefully get a ball that you hit to throw that all away and to be on that bench and to be one of those players and to not have the balls to stand up and say, this is wrong. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't know if it's the team culture that you get sucked into. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to, I'm not going to come down on these guys. I'm not going to be responsible for that. Or is it greed? 
Is it greed? Is it there's a lot of money at the end of the rainbow? Or is it the old NBA thing where I'm going to build a team because I want that ring? I'm not going to be that guy that's going to say, I played all of my career and I never got a ring. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm fifth all time in scoring, right? <laughs> you know, ninth all time in total wins, but I didn't get a ring. I mean, what is it? And I think the common denominator, and then I'll let you go because you have a lot more things that I, I'm going to prod you to say, but this Alex Cora with the Beltran thing. Yeah. I don't know if you've talked about that yet, but Beltran batting the 235 yeah. or whatever, and his buddy Cora saying, I got to help this guy out. Yeah, well, that's what Cora thought. He's like, I'm a bench coach. So I got to do whatever I can do to help the team. And I'm guessing the ethos of baseball is do what you got to do to help the team. Now, cheating in baseball has been going on for a long time. Cheating in small ways and large ways, any way you can get away with it. But it crosses into a different territory when you have an elaborate scheme to cheat, you know? Involving uh, involving banging some little dork sitting it right out just out of earshot or within earshot. Banging a trash can. Banging on a, looking at a, a, a laptop, banging on a, yeah. I mean, how it's rudimentary yet it's involved and it's so wrong. And Steve, I mean, you talked about this. I don't know how much you talked about it before. Again, I came on air, but the whole, the dichotomy here, the, the irony is that the technology that, it's yeah. been brought into yeah, the game replay. has backfired. It totally has. You know, and, and I mean, I, I don't think that Cora and Hinch are bad people. I think they made incredibly flawed, there's the word again, humans, flawed, incredibly yes. flawed decisions that they're going to regret for the rest of their life, that they say to themselves, how could I not see that this is not worth it, that now this has befallen me? They're still rich. They're not going to jail. They don't have to work another day in their life. And yet, in a way, they have nothing. They don't have the respect of their peers anymore. They are not part of the game that they love. And just filling the days, I'm imagining, for the next year are going to be tough. Have, <laughs> you, have you talked about the fact that Hinch can't go? He yeah, can't travel. Can't he can't do anything. I know. You I talked know. about that. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I know. He's going to be... He is going to be a lost sailor is what he's going to be <laughs> yes. with no destination. People, I mean, he's going to, how people much like, is he going to want to watch it on TV? I, I don't know. I don't know. People, it, you know, people that get fired from a shitty telemarketing job, I bet are kind of rocked on their heels for a couple days or a couple weeks, yes. even if they hated the job, because when you lose your job and you didn't see it coming, it puts everything into question about your life. And for most mortals working, you know, class folk, you're immediately swamped with those shit. How am I going to put food on the table and pay for the roof over my head and pay for health insurance and everything else? Well, they don't even have those issues to worry about. It's a, it's a larger thing. I mean, today, if you are successful in sports, man, you've got the world right there, but it seemingly is that the temptation to piss it all away whether it's money or reputation, or to not be able to look at all that you have yes, and say, Jesus, whatever you do, think twice and don't fuck this up. Not, not to mention, and, and you, know, you know I can't go a show without talking about my son. When, I, when you talk about all the things that you have, to you, you know what that means? Your daughters. Those are the first two things. Sure. And your, your wife. For me, it's my son and my wife. But for him, he's got children. 
Yeah, and the kid, I, and the I kids, and the kids say, won't. Oh, Ron, chill the fuck out. No, it, he's he's going to have to explain, Daddy. Why are why do we have to move? Why do why aren't you coaching this team anymore? Right? Well, and, son. And, well, daughter. I cheated. You and what? Billy, right. And Billy is going to say on the playground, your dad's, they're going to tease him. There you go. And they're going to be mean. And they're going to say shit on social media. Yeah. And these kids have to process it all. And, yep. and and this will all torment AJ Hinch and Alex Cora thinking, God, I did this because why? I wanted to raise Beltran's fucking batting average 20 points. In the so last year of a career in which he made $120 million, we got a team with fucking Bregman and Altuve on it. Yep. They're good enough on their own. What was I fucking thinking? Unfucking believable So then now let's jump to the fans. Scott Shirey, yeah. whom you've had on the show, who is his diehard Fardo as Astro come. fan, yes. He is every bit of his life. Uh, is consumed in some regard he with bought, the Astros. He bought two thousand dollars worth of championship yeah. tchotchkes. He's he's <laughs> pl- yep. He's playing the this is bullshit. You know we're being oh, made yeah. we're being made an example. But I'm not busting Scott's balls. First of all, he's going to be listening to this. But I know deep down inside that he is pissed off. He's pissed off. Yeah. Because he sat there. He was there. He bought into he it, it as a jump. He bought into it, mm-hmm. and it was a, it's a fraud. And some will say, oh, bullshit, it's not a fraud. That's not true. They had to swing the bats. They had to, no, it's it's fraudulent. The yeah. whole thing is fraudulent, and it's bullshit, like you said, for Dave Roberts. You know, his legacy, he could have won that World Series. That team, how often are you going to get there? Yeah. How hard is it? Ask the Brewers how hard it is to get there. They maybe got there if that ball doesn't get by that right fielder in game five or game whatever it was against the Nationals. How hard is it to get there? They had the shot. And to know that this bullshit is going on, to me, Steve, it's maddening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, stupid. it's unfortunate. But, the, you know, unfor- sports became super popular in this country and they exploded as an industry, a massive multi-layered industry that is a wash in money and it is infused into the pop culture where our athletic stars are some of the biggest celebrities we have. And whenever that happens, the ripeness for corruption and cheating and malfeasance only grows exponentially. How about Odell Beckham Jr.? And the fucking post-game antics. It was, I was embarrassed for him. And yet at the same time, I can understand that I bet none of the players were bothered in the least by what Odell did. So it's just a generational clash of, I can watch Odell walking around, making it all about him, handing out $100 bills. And at the same time, the kids on LSU saying that was the coolest thing ever. Watch, I'm mm. putting this up on my Instagram. Isn't that great? It's just my generation and your generation is not seeing eye to eye with what's currently going on. Well, here's and this is going to be a bit controversial, but I don't care. Oh, boy. There needs to be a black athlete with some pull and some status or a black leader or someone needs to come out and say, this is bullshit. <laughs> Good That's luck on wrong. that. Well, the, the one guy saying, who has been the wrong. one guy who is nailing it on this is Whitlock on Fox Sports One, and you should see the comments to his commentary. Whitlock laid it all out. He said, "Look, athletes today just want to be social influencers. They're obsessed by social media. Antonio Brown, LeBron, 
Odell Beckham Jr. There's a fourth guy he mentioned. And he said, this is what's hacked their brains. They've they've completely lost perspective on everything. Odell is he- interrupted. Oh. Here, I'll try to play the audio right now. Oh, Od- are you talking about when uh, Ogeron was doing his pre- yes. post-game speech? And Odell Beckham, who is at least five years removed from the program, makes sure to speak up and say, you did this. You did this. <laughs> play it. Play yeah. it if you can. I'll, I'll, I'll find it and I'll play it. But I thought... That's right. So why the fuck are you talking? <laughs> what are you doing here? I know. Don't sit. Don't oh. Wait. oh my god! I just I, and I don't get it. But don't let these fuckers in the locker room. You well, know? Don't but here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I bet you Booger McFarland, who was out for the coin flip, LSU proud LSU grad. Yes. Yeah. Was was perfectly respectable. And knew yes. what he was doing in there, and he—I bet a number of the players that knew who he was, because he's even older, you know, were like, "Hey, that's cool." And then when Orgeron's speaking to the team, he's in the back listening. Yes, he's not in the front piping up with, "Hey, hey, hey, look at me!" Yeah. And the problem is, is if if you go balls to the wall, even a brother, like you said, Whitlock, a brother who goes balls to the wall against this guy. Is going to get drilled. He's going to, you know, you're you're fucking out of line. You, you, you know, you're, you're there, you go. Somebody, you. there you go. Is everybody got that? Sir, it's about this football team, about your character, about your heart, your grit. No going out all freaking season. No. We will now be mentioned as one of the greatest teams in college football history. Way to go, man. Yes, sir. And you know what we did? Took it one game at a time, man. And we didn't blink. No matter what happened, guys, you never blink. You guys understand that? Thank you, man. This is what y'all did. Thank you, man. This is what y'all did. Thank you, man. Let's go. There you go. That was Odell Beckham Jr. right there. This is what y'all did. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, it's oh boy, but it's a microcosm of society, of what is going on. You know, another thing that's ridiculous is Vince Vaughn happens to be in the presence of the president of the United States. Think of him what you want, but God forbid he shake his hand and have a word with him. Well, he gets thrilled. I know. It's just, it, nothing makes sense. It's so, we're so lost as a society. Well, I say we, cause I'm not, I'm not. No. And my friends aren't. So I mean, and but you know I, I'm frustrated. In case you can't tell my voice, I'm sitting here trying to watch college basketball night in, night out. I'm trying to watch Maryland play basketball. They can't play basketball. I'm trying to watch Indiana play basketball. They can't. They have four <laughs> and five star recruits. These kids aren't four and five star basketball players, Steve. In the AA world, AAU world, they are. But in the real world, when the ball's tipped in between the lines. They're not good basketball players. They don't know how to fucking play basketball. They don't know how to move without the ball. They don't know how to set screens. They don't know how to block out. They don't know how to lead. They don't know how late in game situations to want the ball. They all get alligator arms. They all shoot it from 23 feet instead of taking it to the hole. It, the game, the game do of I, basketball. Do I dare terrible. ask you? Do I dare ask you to weigh in on Mark Turgeon before we're done here today? Uh, I, I, I I can't say Mark doesn't know how to coach because I'm not at his practices. I know too much about the game. I'm too close to the game. 
Are I you just, happy with him? Are you happy with him as the head coach of the all I'm not of happy your with his, I'm, I'm not happy with his players. Okay. And so I can't know. So as a result, I can't be happy with him okay. because he's the one every day, along with his nine assistant coaches, can't get these guys to do what they're supposed to do to win. There's no toughness. And you know what sucks? And I'll end with this because I hear my, my music yeah. coming on is nowadays you can't pull a kid out of the game the way Bob Knight did, the way Gene Cady did, the way Judd Heathcote did. And these guys, if you screwed up, if you made a bad play, get the fuck out of the game. Sit down and think about it. Now it's just up. Oh, well, (laughs) I I can't pull him out because of pout. I I can still see Gene Cady's face turning bright red. (laughs) As it swells to near heart attack proportions and that thick, greasy mat of flopped over hair becoming more and more disheveled. God, were those great days. All right. Ronnie, you're the best. Thank you, brother. Back to the dogs and the couch. We'll talk soon. There you go. Love you, pal. Bye bye. Let's end on this today. An editorial in the Globe and Mail in Toronto reads as follows. Harry and Meghan and why members of the royal family cannot live in Canada. Look, 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 look. Hey, Ozer. Hey, how come we're not letting Meghan Harry in? Well, they still want to live in Canada, but it's apparently a bit dicey. I had no idea this was the case. Chalk this up to a civics lesson on my part. Britain, they write in this editorial, is the inventor of one of the world's great innovations in government, a monarchy that reigns but does not rule. Canada took that system and improved it, pushing it one step further. The Canadian monarchy is virtual. It neither rules nor resides. Our royals don't even live here. They reign from a distance. Close to our hearts, far from our hearths. Aha, aha, you, you're good. I see what you did there. And that is why, in response to the sudden announcement of a vague and evolving plan for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Harry and Meghan, to move to Canada while remaining part of the royal family, the Trudeau government's response should be simple and succinct. No. Wow. The nicest people in the world, Canadians, eh? Saying no? On Monday, the British paper, The Evening Standard, reported that sources had told it that Ottawa had agreed to pay for security costs for the soon-to-arrive royal couple. Oh, that's right. God, the security. Holy shit. When asked, Finance Minister Bill Morneau told reporters that was untrue and that his government had not even discussed the matter. The dollars and cents of supporting a royal resident might be significant, but that's not what really is at stake. It goes deeper than the possibility of the feds having to find a few million extra bucks. Oh, if you're a taxpayer, wouldn't you say, hey, you want to live here? You're worried about getting kidnapped or something because you're Prince Harry and Meghan? Well, fuck you. Find the money. You pay for your own security, eh, Hoser? We're not paying for this shit. Stay in England. The Sussexes are working out their own personal issues, and Canadians wish them the best of luck, says the editorial. Canada welcomes people of all faiths, nationalities, and races. But if you're a senior member of our royal family, this country cannot become your home. 
The government should make that clear. There can be no Earl Sussex of Rosedale and no Prince Harry of Point Grey. Canada is not a halfway house for anyone looking to get out of Britain while still remaining a royal. I tell you what, this whole thing is fascinating. Tell you what, I don't know why I sound like Gruden. The more I read, the more curious and fascinated I get. And on the one hand, I understand their point, Harry and Meghan. They're like, fuck it, we want to have our own life. We ain't about this life, man. We ain't about this royal life. We just want to go off and do our own thing. But you still want to stay royals. Oh, well, yeah, there's still benefits to that. And I'm sure they've got some monies that would be coming their way. Or, you know, they're financially set for life just by being part of the royal family. I, what What's so miserable about being part of the royal family? I guess Megan didn't like all the paparazzi. You don't think there's going to be paparazzi when you're doing whatever... Meghan Markle shit you're doing or Meghan of Sussex, the Duchess of Sussex in L.A. or Canada? You, you think you're gonna, that's going to go away? I don't know. I don't get it. Canada, stay awesome up there. Love you hosers. Silly, polite hosers who are like, nope, nope, sorry, sorry, you can't, can't live here. We have our rules. Oh, no, geez, Wade, I did watch Fargo again. I came across it on cable. I couldn't turn it off and i know that's minnesota that's not canada okay that's it for me i'm done thank you so much for listening tomorrow it's friday friday okay you get it football five ways friday subscribe to fridays on the Zabecast. you help support the entire endeavor you get Fridays included then. You get your fix of football. You get your gambling angles from Mr. X. And we revel in all things NFL and college, which is now over. That uh, can be had by going to Zabe.com, looking up the subscribe link there. Uh, if not, send me an email if you cannot find how to subscribe to Fridays. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. Okay, my degenerate friends, let's talk about the wonderful dark art of gambling. Yes, dancing with the point spread. Going two fists in all the way up to your elbows, wearing farm animal gloves. All right, that was weird. My point is, every game you watch is a little bit more spicy with something on it, you know? That's why you should get dialed in today at mybookie.ag. I've got an account, and you know what? I throw 10, 15, 20 bucks on stuff all the time. That's it. You can even bet less. MyBookie.ag is perfectly legal, and having worked with them for over two years, they are a rare exception of credibility in a sea of fly-by-nighters. And the handful of times anybody has had a problem, they take care of it right away. Why? Because I send one email, and they go, oh, we, we don't want to get this. We'll take care of this. Relax, everybody. You got me backing you up. 
NFL, college football, NBA, college hoops, PGA Tour, NHL, Premier League, everything but Bush Kazi from Afghanistan, you can bet on it. Right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand additional dollars to put in play. Terms and restrictions do apply to bonus dollar matches. Read the website for details. Promo code is Zabe, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to get that additional matching money. Get some sweet action in 2020. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid.